Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Who's Got Next podcast. Riley Shepard, Bryce Wyatt. It's August 24th, 2020 edition. Another week filled with basketball. Great weekend. Great, great weekend. I mean, I don't think I missed a game, honestly. I don't know about you, but it's kind of must-see TV unless you're the Bucks or the Magic or the Raptors and the <laughs> the Nets. It seems like it's been a pretty competitive basketball all around. Yeah, and, and I mean, we just keep giving credit to the to the NBA for pulling pulling off this entire environment. But I mean, yeah, the, these first couple of games of the playoffs, outside of outside of the Raptors and Nets and the uh, Magic it, and the Bucks, it's, yeah, the Magic and the it's Celtics, been pretty competitive. The Seventy yeah. Sixers and the Celtics. This these playoffs have been as close as they've ever been and let me say i'm kind of like shocked because wouldn't you maybe think that since like teams got so much time off because of covid and everything it wouldn't be up to the level of gameplay the playoffs normally is or normally are but i i'd have to say that it's the same if not better than it normally is oh absolutely and and these these series Obviously, these these teams, like you mentioned, have have been off for four four plus months, but they really haven't seemed like they skipped a beat. Game mm-hmm. game one, we'll just go through these past couple top couple days of these these playoff series. That, Bucks that, Bucks and Magic game one. That first game was quite a fluke, I'd have to say. I mean, I feel like, yeah, I feel like the Bucks are gonna seal it over today and. And and I guess it'd make it three to one, but I, I just as much as we should be magic fans, I just don't see it happening. I really don't. No, and and game one, I mean Giannis Giannis did seem seem like he might have might have skipped a beat a little bit, but these last two games he's he's gone back to his MVP caliber form. And let's let's go back to go back to those Raptors and Nets. Nick Nurse was named Coach of the Year. This very pe- well deserved. Absolutely well deserved. Right. He 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 made a team that honestly probably shouldn't have even been in the playoffs. Period, and made them what the second, third seed in the East, um, and playing at a level that, in in my opinion, probably the best team in the NBA right now. Personally, I think they're so deep, and they they just have a roster that like. Anyone can come off the bench and and score fifteen to twenty five, and that's all you need. And honestly, in a team like that, that that's deep, you don't need a team, you don't need a player to make fifty like Luca does, or you or yeah, you don't need a player to make fifty or even thirty. You need five to six players to make fifteen and up, and you're winning the game every time, like. And they they sealed that they sealed that series off in a very dominating dominating fashion yeah and i don't think what did the nets ever like did they win i think the raptors won by over 10 almost every game which very very dominant fashion i mean the nets are very like c squad team right now like i feel like the nets have a good future but this just was not the year for them and uh i I mean you, you do have to give credit to the organization though i mean not having well we're having Kyrie, but not having Kevin Durant. And next year, the, that Nets team, especially if they keep keep Karis LeVert, 
and have they, him have him adapt well in that new with that new team, they're going to be dangerous. And I think, in all honesty, as much as they got blown out or whatever, I think it's good for these role players to have some good playoff experience. Because what the Nets probably haven't been in the playoffs for the last what five six years. So like it's good for them to have some type of playoff experience to where when KD and Kyrie come back and they're playing to the level that they should be playing, they'll be ready come time for the playoffs. You know, you Absolutely. might have a situation where I mean this team has been competitive all year. Like I'm shocked, honestly. Seven Even seed. Yeah. I mean I, Kyrie played for most of the year, but I would have to say that like. Like, without KD, like, a lot of injuries, Kyrie getting injured towards the end. Like, I, I just feel like I, I'm pretty surprised. And then they kept their seventh seed. I swear, I thought the Magic were going to take that seventh seed from them after Kyrie decided not to come to the bubble. But they kept on. They hold held on to it. You know, they... I think it would have been just about the same if they would have played the Bucks, if not worse. If but, no. <laughs> yeah, but I, I definitely, you know, give them some credit. I think that for years to come it's good it's really good to have that type of playoff experience they got they got a good uh, good base there right now and i think they'll be ready for the future and yeah and and to touch on that point as weird as the season has been any kind of playoff experience is great especially in the nba where not a lot of te- not a lot of players have that deep playoff experience and and, and granted they so did get important. knocked out in the first round but still i mean that that's better than not making the playoffs at all. And, mm-hmm. I mean, for these players like Joe Harris, Karis LeVert, who's still a young player and a young... He's going to be a star if they oh, yeah. keep him around. And being that third option behind Kyrie and KD... It's a very be, young team, yeah. It is. I, I definitely, definitely think having Kyrie and KD next year is going to help them immensely. Like, I, I like Brooklyn. I like them a lot. I think they're a good team. I, I You know, I... I, I think that for the next for the, for the future they'll definitely be very competitive. Yeah, Jared Jared Lebe- or Jared Allen, excuse me, Jared Allen has has established himself as a elite rim protector in the league. Mm-hmm. Joe Harris, we talked about him. Even Nicholas Claxton is is a great young player. Tyler Johnson, DeAndre great- Jordan, I forgot they even had him. Like that, yeah. Tyler Johnson's going to be a great. He mm-hmm. he got that starting experience this year, but. I mean, playing behind Kyrie is going to be great for him to d- develop. I mean, Kyrie is obviously one of the most, one of the best point guards in the league. For sure. And, and as much as as much as people love to knock him for being on the Cavs and everything like that, and how he is, his personality is he's still he's one of the yeah one of the greatest. And I and I I would I would have to say KD is right up there as well. Absolutely. And we honestly, still have to KD, see KD. We have to see him on the Nets. We still have yet to see that coming and, back from that Achilles injury uh, is going to be. That is a tough injury to come back from, honestly. I guess going into, let's see, the the Pacers. He honestly, I would have to say, I'm very disappointed with the Pacers. Like I, they were the four seed. They were supposed to be competitive, and to be honest, even though they were the four seed, I thought the Heat was the better team. Uh, they played twice in the bubble back to, or I think actually maybe three times, but back to back. I know they played, and one time the Heat won, and then the next time the Pacers won. And it was like, damn, that's going to be a really good series. Turns out, kind of lopsided. I mean, all the games are pretty competitive. I don't think they've lost by more than 10. But I don't know. I think that 
I'm very disappointed with the Pacers, and I think defensively they play really good, but on the exterior, the Heat, if they can shoot the threes, they will win the game every single time, and the depth of that team is just incredible. Oh, abs- like, I mean, Duncan Robinson has, has shown that he is one of the most... One of the best three-point shooters in the league right now. Tyler Hero's been going off. They have a really, really, really young squad. Jimmy Buckets has been making buckets. Like, let me say, he's really, I think, found his place there in Miami. And and I'm really not surprised, as, as, as I should be, that, like you said, he's found his place in Miami. Jimmy Butler has always been a hard-working, you know, hard, hard-nosed individual, hard-nosed player. And, mm-hmm. and the Heat organization has always had that kind of, like, background mindset you know yeah where they just want hard-working players and that that squad is is filthy yeah especially I, in these playoffs and i honestly think they're coached by one of the best in the league right Absolutely. now like I, as Couldn't much as more. coaching might not necessarily be mean the most when you're coaching the lakers but when you're coaching a team like the heat that's young and has needs more experience like i don't necessarily think the heat are getting to the finals this year but let me tell you, I think it, that that Heat Bucks matchup is going to be a really, really good series, because I think the Heat have played the Bucks a few times in the regular season and got them a couple times. I, they shut down Giannis the last time they played. If anybody can match up with Giannis, it's that Heat team. You know, Bam Adebayo. Bam Adebayo is, is a j- beast. He's, I, he he might be the best center in the NBA right now, just with his overall you know skill you know being able to guard any position with which you know players like Jokic and Joel Embiid they're not as nearly as versatile as no as Bam Adebayo is Bam can shoot threes too and that's I mean I think this Heat team is a lot of fun to watch they can honestly do everything they can dunk they have the dunk contest winner on the team like he you know honestly he's not super great but it's like adds adds to it I think they're so so deep they they just have a lot of options i feel like no ab- absolutely i mean we we talked about duncan robin he just both broke the heat playoff record for threes made in, in a in a playoff game it went seven for eight the other night then that is crazy that is seven insane. for eight seven for eight i saw that stat line and i was like wait is that right like he was on fire like I, but here's the thing with the heat too is that I, you you shoot threes like that, and they have for the last three games, but like that doesn't, they don't always fall. There are games I watch them, and it's like brick, 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 like going right out around the hoop. Like it, sometimes it just doesn't work, but honestly, I think in a seven game series, four out of seven, they're going to make those threes. Um, it, it's just, I think the next series, this was a little lopsided. I think the Pacers offense just needs a boost i don't think victor Oladipo is very motivated right now with them and i think he honestly wants out he wasn't even supposed to be in the bubble so i I don't know i really think that the heat are gonna they're about to play later tonight around six and i i think they're gonna probably end up closing it out no absolutely and to touch on your point earlier about the heat are a high volume shooting team and i mean that would that was the Rockets last year, and you saw how that went game six against the Warriors where they missed, what, 27 in a row? Yeah. And in a playoff series against the Bucks, who are a great, 
great defensive team. And if the Bucks can take advantage of you missing threes, they're going to do it all night. And they know you can shoot threes, so they're going to specifically defend on the exterior yeah. because, to be honest, the Heat aren't as great in the paint. I think that, I mean, Jimmy Butler's good in the paint. Bam is good in the paint. But, like, yeah, there's some players in there who it's like they're, they're small ball. So it's like you put Giannis on freaking Tyler Hero, he's going to get – like blocked every single time like it just i don't know no uh, and and just a, and no you're right and Giannis is already a freight train going into the paint and beast. and you know having those smaller wings on like you said Derek Jones Jr is one yeah that he's not going to he's not going to stop Giannis going in the paint but they have done they have done a great job so far defending him they probably the best out of any team in the league right now for in, sure in containing Giannis no as, definitely. as well as you can the last game I think they beat him by at least 20 it was very lopsided and I know that I I don't know if they can if they can lock down Giannis I think they they could win the series potentially because to be honest I mean there's not much more to that Bucks team than no. Giannis. Like, I mean, he pretty much, you saw the first game one of the Magic game. It's like, if Giannis has a bad game, they lose. Like, that just, you know. Chris Middleton really hasn't hasn't stepped up. Outside of this past game three, he had a, he had a very, very solid game. You know, he, he was getting to his spots. And he has showed that he's one of the few players that, I, be, I believe it was Charles Barkley that was talking about this. He's... He's one of the few players that can actually score from everywhere on the court. And you yeah. were seeing that in game three. You know, he was, he was having mid-range J's threes, which mm-hmm. he is obviously very well known, known for. for. But, you know, he can be a 50, 40, 90 player. Yeah. But, no, in that series, it's going to be – the threes are going to be key for the Heat and, and being able to knock them down because those long rebounds off misses – is basically a fast break opportunity for yeah, the Bucks, and sure. and you have and if to. If they slow can take down advantage of those fast breaks, they'll they'll win the game. I mean, they're Giannis takes one step, and it's like fifteen of my steps. Like it, they're they can get down the court in a split second. I I think that, I mean, the Heat still have to get through the Pacers, but I saw a stat the other day. It was like the Heat are eleven and zero in series that they were up two to nothing, and the Pacers are like. 0 and 14 in situations where they're down 0 to 2. And this, I mean, Pacers need to do something because this would be the second season in a row where they've been swept in the playoffs. And like I said, I, I honestly, without Victor Oladipo, they don't have much. And I think that uh, you might not be seeing this Pacers team around for very much longer. Which, which is, they, they do have a solid squad, which is sad. They're just not title contenders by any Not means. I was very close. high going, going into this team, going yeah, into the playoffs, with, which having Victor Oladipo back was big for them. But And Malcolm Brogdon has been such a good addition, but yeah. they just need one more piece. And and spe- speaking about departing, I mean, the, the Celtics just completed the sweep of the 76ers. Joel Embiid posted something very interesting on Instagram right after the game uh just saying that it that he's on to better things or the team is on to better things mm. and 
not sure exactly what that means. How did you how did you kind of take that? Yeah, I I honestly think he wants out of there. I I personally I think that and I don't blame him because and I and this could be honestly on Joel but but not really because didn't he have like 40 in the game? Like he's been going off and he just like there's not much around him without Ben Simmons. And I I just really don't think I don't think he's happy there. I really don't. I don't think Ben Simmons is either because the the 76ers are a team that I feel like are always competitive. They always like are going to make the playoffs, but they just never do anything. Like Yeah, and and the 76ers are expected to depart from head coach Brett Brown the seat after the season for sure. And <laughs> I don't I don't know if that's going to be the first step of this rebuild, you know, Brett Brown, he was a perfect coach for the process era. You know, those seasons, four straight, four or five straight seasons of just struggling. Mm-hmm. But right now he is not, he is not fit for this team because this team is filled with star power. Yeah. Absolutely filled with star power. Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, the top two players at their respective position. But everyone else, I mean, Tobias Harris, he's, they're like- just overpaid washed overpaid yeah and and if you're being paid that much you have to step tobias harris and i mean al horford especially they were non-existent in this series they need to clean house they honestly like they need to i think they need to move on from the joel and ben simmons era i think it's over i just don't see them winning in philadelphia unless maybe they bring in some more key pieces but like what about cap space? They're not gonna have any. Like I've, that's two max contracts essentially already, and it's like, well, yeah, they have a really low pick in the draft lottery. Like I, I just don't, I don't know. I, I don't see the Seventy Sixers being good for a long time. And I like Joel and Ben, although I also hate them. I, just, I just don't know. I'm not a fan. Oh, uh, and and I just don't think they're. They're, they don't fit well together. As as talented as they are, this has been the third season of them, you know, working together. And they just, there are some games that they seem like they can be a dominant, yeah. dominant duo in the NBA. And then other series that you just look at them and they have, seem like they have zero chemistry. And mm-hmm. as, uh, definitely, like, I mean, I don't think this series should have been nearly as lopsided as it was. And I think, obviously, lacking Ben Simmons hurts. But I just still, even with Ben Simmons, I I don't see them getting past the Celtics. I see the Celtics as probably the second, third best team in the East right now. They're they're on fire. Jason Tatum's been going off. Like, I I really like the Celtics team a lot. And I don't know. I I just, yeah, I, I don't necessarily see see the 76ers doing much at all even without them even even clearing house getting rid of the coach like i I just don't you know i don't see much no happening there and and that team obviously obviously departing from their head coach is who they hire is going to be so important for them going forward because if they don't depart from joel or ben simmons this offseason it depends who they hire because next season, if they don't depart from them and they don't succeed and live up to expectations as they should, 
this team could easily get blown up. Mm-hmm. If not this season, most definitely next. Next season, yeah. And when we talk about the East being competitive, because next season, I mean, the Nets are going to be contenders immediately yep. at the end of the year. You have the, the Celtics, Celtics. The, the Celtics Raptors. are just going to be getting better and better. The Heat are going to be getting better, better and better. The Raptors, like Raptors. I, you have a lot of teams. Honestly, the Nuggets and the Jazz are both. I, I, I the East is going to be stacked next year, and I think, and and we can kind of, I guess, move on to let let's go into the Clippers Mavericks. I that, mean, last that, the, last night that that's a series. That is officially a series. This is now a best of three. Tied up 2-2, Luka showed everyone how much of the real deal he is. Even with a pretty much sprained ankle, like, he is a beast. Like, I, th- I thought that, the, that honestly, that ankle was going to hold him back. Let me just say, it did not hold him back. If anything, it, inten- like it, it rose his level of play. He had 46, point- 46 minutes the other night. 17 assists, 13, sorry, 17 rebounds, 13 assists, and 43 points. That's insane. Becoming the third player in NBA playoff history to have a 40-point triple-double. The only other two, just for elite company, Oscar Robinson, Oscar Robertson, and Charles Barkley. And it, getting it put also, on the list with those two players is, is great in itself. But coming out with the W and hitting the buzzer beater, well, I mean, more two two out of four of the g- playoff games he's ever played in his career. Remember, these are his first playoffs. Two out of four of them, he's trip like triple double. Like that's crazy, and it's like that that team is they should not be this close with this Clippers team at all. Like they this honestly should be maybe a five or six game series especially without Porzingis, who didn't play last night. Did not play last night. And, and it's like, bro, you're really doing this? And then you're shooting a, a three-point like to win the game? Like that. Let's just say Porzingis That was a hasn't... deep three, too. It was a deep three over Reggie Jackson. Which, which... who? Okay, <laughs> why? Okay, whose decision was that? Like, someone needs to be fired because putting Reggie... Who is Reggie Jackson? Like, that... I mean, Kawhi easily probably one of he's a good defender too. Probably one of the best in the NBA. Why not have Kawhi, your best player, on their best player? It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, and they did they did switch on the screen, which obviously in the NBA, every like that that's just yeah, becoming normal. Is that you just switch on every screen now, but. I would have loved to see that. Last if that play, shot they over... were up. First of all, they shouldn't have fouled. I don't think. I I, I don't know. I feel like. They were up. They they should have maybe just tried to play really good defense or whatever. But like you can't put, you can't put the ball in Luca's hands with three seconds left. You just can't do it. And he proved it. Like I don't know. And he was yeah. He was he was seventeen for thirty from the field before that shot, which he was going bananas already. Can, can we just talk about? We, oh, can we just talk about how good this kid is going to be? Incredible. He. He is a star. Like he is the next generation in the NBA. I like I really do think so. And the, I mean, he's really proven himself. And let me tell you, I bet you Mark Cuban went crazy last night. Like he I, I think Luca is like 
first of all, going to get paid like big time by the Mavericks because they have the money. And, and he, he's going to be a star. He, he already is. Like, he's going to be one of the best. He, and, and what's scary, this is his second season in the, in the NBA. He still has so much room to grow yep. in his in Can his improve his three-pointer. He's not even a good three-point shooter all, either. Really. He's, this season, this past season, he hardly shot above 30% from three. And the turnovers, there's another thing that, that is a little divot in his game is he does turn the ball over a lot. I mean, game one, he had 11 turnovers. Yeah. He averaged over four this season. And, and that's what's scary is that he has so much more room to grow. He shoots a high volume of shots. Yeah. And but if you're putting up 40 every game, like, you you can you can afford to have 11, oh, ste- like 11 turnovers. Absolutely. I, you know, I think that on this team, I think, I think it's a good team. Like, I think Porzingis puts up averages about 12 to 15 a game. You have uh, Boban, who's really good defender like I think that this is a good team and I like the Mavericks a lot I just think that you know they shouldn't be this competitive with the Clippers and if we could maybe talk about the Clippers a little bit and play off Paul George I mean that's just embarrassing like I I, you can't call yourself playoff Paul and then not and then play like this like and and you saw I don't know if you saw Seth Curry had a hard drive on Paul George, converted the end one, and said some explicits to him. And you you can't let the the little uh, brother Seth Curry or Steph Curry do that to you. You just can't. And and I feel really bad for Kawhi because Kawhi is doing what he can. Like Kawhi is going off. Kawhi is doing what he and, needs to. And Kawhi went to L.A. because Paul George was there. Like Paul George was third in MVP votes last year. Like he's supposed to be one of the best in the NBA and he's three for 14 that's embarrassing like you can't do that in the playoffs you can't it doesn't matter what you do in the regular season at all if you if you do this in the playoffs like 45 minutes three for 14 from the field one for seven from three and if Lou Will didn't step up last night that game would not have been competitive like Lou Will had 36 and Obviously, the the Mavericks won an OT off that buzzer beater, but you need your second best player to to score at least thirty a game in the playoffs. That's what. That's why Kawhi went there. Like I feel bad for him. He's probably like, what? Like, what are you doing, man? Like, seriously, I can actually tell. And Kawhi doesn't give off much emotion whatsoever, but he's been pissed. You can. I, I can tell. He's been pissed. Because it's like, I, I really don't blame him. He came to L.A. because there was already a good team put in place there. He wants to win another championship, cement himself as one of the best of all time, which I think he's could put... If he wins a championship this year, easily could cement himself as one of the best of all time. Just, I mean, two championships, two different teams, three championships, three separate teams. Like, I, I love Kawhi, and I just I feel so bad for him because it's like... Paul George is supposed to play to this level. He just isn't. Like, he's not. He's not He's not at all. And, at all. It's embarrassing. And, and you saw, uh, I don't know if you watched, uh, NBA on TNT, by the way, that the 
like is probably my favorite show on TV right now. Like I I prefer like I'd rather watch that than probably the Nets and the Raptors. Like I I want to hear Shaq and Chuck talking to each other all day. Like that that's hilarious. And Chuck even said he was like, you know, they don't call me Championship Chuck <laughs> because I never won a championship. So <laughs> I don't want. I don't know why people are calling him Playoff Paul. Like it just doesn't make any sense. No, like, and <laughs> and that team, and you have to give credit to the Mavericks. A lot of people wrote them off in this series, which I thought I going into it, I could could have saw them steal a game or two, but that that offense is just so high volume, and that's why I thought the Clippers were going to be able to to contain them because they obviously have probably the the best defending perimeter team in the NBA. Oh, for sure. But the Mavericks have been lighting them up from not only downtown but across the board. I mean, last night Seth Curry just to say his name again because I love I love saying the Curry name especially with Steph being <laughs> out this season, but he had 15. I mean, Trey Burke stepped up big. He had 25. Tim Hardaway Jr. had 21. And I mean, Maxi Kleber, obviously without Kristaps, he stepped up big. You know, especially on the de- defensive side of the ball. Boban had high minutes, and you know that team. This is now a three-game series, no home court advantage for either team. This is going to be fun. This is this has been easily the most competitive yeah, playoff series. So- series, it's must-watch TV. This uh. I think this might go to seven games because I really don't think Kawhi is going to let them just close it out. The Clippers are at least going to get one more game. Like, I I don't know. And I, I, I personally would would prefer to see the Clippers win. I, I love Kawhi. I think that they – I think that they potentially also have the best shot to knock off the Lakers for the championship, for the Western Conference championship. But – I don't know. I, I would I would love to see the Clippers pull it out. It's just they're gonna it's gonna be a fight. It's gonna be a big they're gonna have to put up a fight. Luca Luca is not has not he's let not them playing around. He's not playing around. And like I said, Kristaps has been out two of these two of these basically two of these four games and if he's healthy and doesn't get ejected again, I I don't know. I I wouldn't be surprised if the Mavericks knock them off. They are yeah. very talented and they've very. they've shown up to play. Weak. One and to speak about the other LA team, they they have shown that they that first game may have been a fluke. They're, yeah, they're starting to prove themselves. I, I think that I think LeBron and AD are doing what they need to do to win a championship right now. And I think that that, that was the biggest problem with game one, is I think LeBron had record-breaking stats game one, for sure. There's no doubt about it. Like, But you you still can't only score 25 as the biggest star in the NBA. Like, you just can't. And your other biggest star in the NBA scored 20. Like, you can't do that. You, especially on a team, in my opinion, where it's a two-man show. Like, I really think so. I think... You have a couple guys who could put up big numbers every once in a while, but it's a two-man show. I think if you if LeBron and AD don't play to an elite, not just a good level, not 20, 25 points, 30 points, an elite level every game, they're not going to win. 
and they have been playing to an elite level. AD had a monster game, game two, and LeBron didn't even need to do anything. He probably sat most of the time, to be honest, towards the end. Like, they beat him by what, 40? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's crazy. Like, I don't know. that. I think the Blazers, as much as we might want to think they're the Cinderella team, I just I don't see it. I know I was even one who was like, man, the Blazers are going to beat them. But now watching the Lakers again, I think they're uh, – it's it's the Lake show. They're, they've come to play. Especially, especially with the Trailblazers at Collins having season-ending surgery, who is already out most of the season. But, no, without having him – and Dame, they've they've figured out a way to stop Dame. I mean, he's still put up numbers, but like, not really, not as much as he probably should in order to win. And they just haven't been shooting like they normally do. I think they what the Lakers do is they make them uncomfortable, and they can't just drain threes, drain mm-hmm. stuff like the Heat. Like they they get in uncomfortable positions and they they choke. They can't drain it. They you know, but no, and and. Especially with the perimeter defenders that team has now. I mean, J.R. Smith has played great defense. Yeah. And, I mean, that's what that's what they picked him up for, especially having Avery Bradley out this series. When he comes back, are they, are they your favorites coming out of the West? I, I would like to say. I mean, and Rondo's back, too. I, I don't know. I, I... Watching the Clippers kind of scares me because I would like to say the Clippers, but if Paul George doesn't step up his game, there's no way the Clippers are getting past the Lakers. If Paul George can figure out a way to fix his jump shot or do something to make some more points, like maybe, but right now I'd like to I'd like to say, yeah, the Lakers probably are my favorites right now coming out of the West. Yeah. I, I mean, I really, even if the Mavs do get past the Clippers, I don't see the Mavericks... Not, I think the Clippers are their best shot of, like, not having the Lakers, you know? No, and, and that's the thing is that the West, right now, who else, who really else is there that can compete with those two teams? I mean, you're not telling me the Rockets and the Thunder. I mean, the Rockets without Russell Westbrook at a unknown time period that he will be out, I just don't. I don't think they're getting past them at all in a seven-game series. I definitely don't see the Thunder getting past them. The yeah, the Jazz? That, no, no way. Like, I, I really just don't see it. I, I really think, especially if the Mavericks end up beating the Clippers in the series, I don't see any way that the Lakers don't get to and win the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, and... And these, I mean, the West, the West has been pretty cut and dry this entire season. It seems like it's always seemed like it's going to be the the Clippers and the Lakers in the conference finals. But right now, the Clippers are obviously struggling, and the Lakers, you know, we'll see how how Game Four goes tonight. They play tonight at nine p.m. If they can take the if they can take the three one series lead, I mean, we've seen it, it's going to be. It's going to be fun to watch. I'm excited. Uh, and I mean, the other the other series last night, the Jazz, the Jazz had another close game against the Nuggets, pulled another close one off. It's kind of shocking to me. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't know. I don't, honestly, I don't know nearly as much about these two teams probably as other teams in the NBA, but 
I, I would I would like to think the Nuggets would pull it off. I mean, even that first game though was real close. Went in like overtime, and the Nuggets ended up pulling it off. I I don't know. I Jazz are up three one right now. I think they could potentially close it out. And and Donovan Mitchell, two two of these three games he's two of these four excuse me he's had fifty points. Jamal Murray has has stepped up tremendously oh, despite despite off. an elu- losing effort but i think jamal jamal had a lot to prove going into these these playoffs and last year did not live up to the to the caliber as no. he as he normally would but this year this year despite being down 3-1 he's you can't knock him at all and same with jokic jokic has stepped up big big time especially on a defense i mean defensive player of the year yeah. rudy gobert and can't Rudy stops everyone. Uh, the I the Jazz defensively, I every time I watch them, like just right there down in the paint, like they stop them. Like they're so good defensively. And honestly, I I love seeing a good defensive basketball team, especially in the NBA, because there's been I think maybe not so much now, but there's been history throughout the NBA of like defense being almost non existent. And it's like I think it's getting better. So I so I love to see the Jazz kind of winning there, like in the paint defensively, especially against a Nuggets team who should be winning. I mean, that's a three and a six. It's not even a four and a five. That's a that's a little more lopsided than those other ones. But no, absolutely. And the NBA draft lottery was this past Thursday, and the Timberwolves picked up the number one pick in the draft, yeah, which which. In a year that, especially with these prospects maybe being weaker than past years, what do you think they do with that pick? Because I've seen so many different scenarios where they trade it for high star for a star. High star or- powers. I the thing with Minnesota though is I don't think many people want to go to Minnesota. Like it's not a big market team. I don't necessarily see big star players going to the Minnesota Timberwolves. They have Derrick Rose right now, which I think it'd be... Yeah. Uh, if De- D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell, not Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose was with he the was. Timberwolves. He was. Yeah, he had the 50-point game. D'Angelo but. Russell, which I think if they get the number one pick and they, they can pair him with someone pretty good, they, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I, I think that's kind of... A waste for them. I think that they could potentially get maybe someone else with that. You know, what I really think is interesting is the Warriors getting that second pick. Because let me tell you, I think the Warriors are going to be good without the second pick next year. They're going to go, like, back, go back to they, their... They, Steph Curry is back. The, the Splash Brothers are both back. Clay Thompson. They'll have... Uh, like I think I think the Warriors are going to be really good next year and if they get that second pick and stay there and take even I don't know LaMelo, Jan, uh Wiseman, like I think that potentially that could really help them and hey, maybe it was good that they tanked for a year like and and you can't even really knock them for it either. I mean, two of their best players were were out and they they couldn't do anything about it, but but the Warriors is no, like you said, that's going to be a very interesting pick. They're going to be right back where they were, right where this, they left off, and and that's scary. Trying because they they will have either James Weissman, Lamelo Ball, 
Anthony Edwards. Those three, two of those three players are going to be available for that second pick. And either three, any three of them would fit their scheme the perfectly. Thing with, the thing I, I feel with this draft is you're either going to get someone who's going to be a star or an absolute bust. I feel like it's so hard to tell especially since college basketball got shut down a little bit early last year. And then, and then you have a bunch of players from like overseas and you don't really know how well that's going to correlate. I think this draft isn't necessarily as good as ones we've seen in the past, not nearly. And especially if college basketball doesn't play this year, which is very likely, I feel like, I, I don't know. Uh, no, and, and that's the thing is that the or the uh, the Timberwolves have all the power in the world with that first pick because you know the Warriors the Warriors don't need to keep theirs either they could the Warriors Not could at all. the Warriors could trade down and get a bunch of valuable pieces back for that second pick cuz as as much as people like to as much as people like to knock LaMelo Ball he is Jesus. He, He's I think talented. he's going to be better than his brother. He's talented, and a lot of teams are interested in him. And I think he could potentially go as, as high as two, but even potentially one. Depending I don't, on who has that pick. I don't think the Warriors really need LaMelo Ball. I think they're okay without him. I think that he would fit more, yeah, on a Hornets, Bulls type of situation. Um, it, let's just talk about for a second how, like, the Knicks, man, they... <laughs> They're a joke. Like, how do how are they bad at the draft lottery? Like, they just are. Because I think them, the Warriors, and the Timberwolves were all, like, tied for the biggest percentage to get, like, the first pick. They got the eighth. That's embarrassing. And then last year with Zion, they were like, oh, we're going to get Zion number one pick. They were supposed to get it. Nope. I'm the, these, these, uh, these ping pong balls hate, hate the Knicks. Like... And- <laughs> I, no, like, like you said, they, how do how do you suck at the draft lottery and and the, everything that orga- about that organization sucks and, and no one wants to play there. How like I feel so bad for Knicks fans. I really do. Like, there there isn't an organization that has as bad luck as they do because they have a lot of history and they they have a lot of yeah a lot of like good history and it's in New York like. You can't tell me the Brooklyn Nets are going to outshine the New York Knicks, like, in Madison Square Garden. Like, that's the biggest stage there is in all of basketball. And you're still just losing. And, like, you're not even playing, but you're still losing. I feel like, I mean, you still have the eighth pick, but like I like we said, it's either big or bust this year. Like, by by the time you get to eight, you, you don't know. It's a, it's a total 50-50 toss-up, like... Who who in this draft lottery do you see, in, the, in with the top fifteen picks? Who do you see being the biggest star? For me, it's gotta be Obi Toppin from Dayton. That kid is a stud, and one National Player of the Year, averaged twenty two and twelve, shooting lights out from beyond the, the arc. A six nine. He's listed out as a power forward, but played quite a bit of center at Dayton. Mm. He's going to be a star, in my opinion. Very underrated player. I think James Wiseman is going to be a stud. I, I think he he just played so well the last couple years. I think that 
he's going to be a star. And honestly, I really like LaMelo. The more I watch I some too. of his highlights, it, like we said, even though he like didn't necessarily get your traditional college like career, I think that I think he's going to be really good. No, and he's listed as 6'8 right now, which as a point guard, that's why if the Warriors pick him up, if any organization can figure out what role to play with him, it's going it's gonna to be the Warriors. It's going to be the yeah. Warriors. He, They're so well coached. They'll figure it out. They don't even need him to, you know, shoot the ball as high a volume as he normally is used to. But that's the thing is his playmaking is is undeniable. You can't, can't ignore the fact that he's going to immediately be one of the best playmakers sure. in the league when he gets drafted. I mean, that frame, the frame, and and to build him into a good player because the shot selection is questionable at times. And even the bo- his body, he's 6'8", and I think 180. He's going to need a couple years to develop as a his body, and especially on the defensive side of the ball, which he has the body to do, to be mm-hmm. another Ben Simmons. For sure. Essentially. Just shoot. <laughs> yeah, and... And... The the draft lottery, one th- I'll just go through one through eight right now. Timberwolves with the number one pick. Warriors with the second pick. Hornets with the third. Bulls with the fourth, which is going to be interesting to see what they would do with that one as well. I mean, they already have a great backcourt in Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. So if you get one of these, I mean, a Killian Hayes type player and yeah. Isaac Okoro, uh, even... Even a Cole Anthony would be interesting to see them pick up just to get another wing player because that team can be very talented mm-hmm. if they fit the right find the right pieces in this draft and even in even in free agency. Number five, the Cavaliers, number six, the Hawks, which with with that team they have now, that's a great pick for them. That's with a jo- really good John pick. Collins and Trey Young. Yeah. If they can find another stud, even either on the wing or even even a two or a or, or or a center would be great for them. Pistons with seven, which I'm so excited about. Um, to find another, I really hope they pick up a point guard. Say, you know, you know, Derrick Rose is aging. You can't, re- you can't, over, yeah. can't rely on him for the long term. But to find another point guard that that Derrick Rose could mentor if they if they end up keeping him, re-signing him in free agency, and then obviously. I already talked about eight the Knicks, which just embarrassing. Just you know, <laughs> you just you just feel bad for them. Yeah, but no, that and just to transition from that to the MLB, your Rays are are stri- have been striving these past couple weeks, going eight and two in their last ten, leading the AL East right now, playing some great baseball. The the Rays are on fire right now. We're, what I think I saw it was, twelve and three in our last fifteen games, which is just incredible. And we swept the first place Yankees in the Bronx. Like uh, we're playing the Blue Jays, which or which is great right now because they're in our division. Uh, we just won two out of three already, and I think we have another game with them tonight. Like it, we're they're. I I personally don't think you could put us up against any team in the MLB right now and we lose. Like I I really think the Rays are playing 
just about to the best level in the MLB, along with potentially the in the National League, the San Diego Padres are playing incredibly. They are slugging it like the Slam Diego Padres. They're the first team in MLB history to hit four grand slams four nights in a row. And then they hit a fifth grand slam on the sixth night. So five nights out of six, they hit a grand slam. I'll be completely honest with you. I don't think the Rays have hit four grand slams in my lifetime. Like, seriously. That's probably the hardest thing in baseball to do. Five of which, all with different hitters. Like, they have some sluggers on that team. And they're they're right there. I mean, they're, they're still four games back from the Dodgers. But they've been on quite a tear the last 10 games, 7-3. and three. I, I would personally, I'd, I'd have to say the Dodgers, the Rays, the Padres, and the Yankees are probably four of the best teams in baseball right now. And I love it. I think we're, we're watching, and I'm at least watching a lot of good baseball with the Rays. It's always like a very exciting game. I think this, this season is very good for baseball. Although you, you do have a lot of teams, even the Yankees this weekend, who had to get a series canceled because of COVID. So it's just something that's kind of been happening, and they're trying to do double headers. But I guess we'll just kind of have to see where it goes from there. No, yeah, and, and, and we're a quarter of the way through. With, with, two, with the top two teams in each division making the playoffs, that's going to be very, huge. very interesting come playoff time. Because if you look at some of these divisions, I mean, the Padres are have a great record and that's no knock on them the Dodgers are just killing it it. recently but they're still second in the in the NL West but if you look at some of these other divisions I mean the Marlins 500 right now but second in the NL East the Cardinals are technically second despite playing 10 games less than everyone else literally right over 500 the AL Central's competitive they have three teams out there that I mean, the, the Indians and White Sox are neck and neck right now, and still both of them are only two games back from the Twins. The AL East is competitive. And then you look at the AL West, and those Astros are 15 and 13. So if you... I mean, some of these divisions are, are not nearly as as talented as others. What team, if any, do you see you know upsetting one of these... If you look at if you look at their standings, what team do you see upsetting one of these higher higher seeded teams going into the playoffs? You know, I, I think we're gonna have especially with the way the playoffs are structured this year, like you said, the top two teams from each division are gonna be making the playoffs. You could have a team like the Marlins in the playoffs, which yeah. hasn't happened in years, maybe a decade. Like since they won the World Series in two thousand. Like I, I just I think it's super interesting. I think you have a few divisions that are really tight there. I, I think, personally, I think the AL East is probably the best division in baseball with the Rays and the Yankees, who are probably, honestly, I don't know if I necessarily even see the Rays staying in that one spot for very much longer. The Yankees are probably up there with top five team in baseball for sure. And it's going to be back and forth and back and forth with that. And then you even have the Orioles, who are only four and a half games back. You have the... But but let's just kind of talk about the reigning World Series champion, uh, the 
Nationals are just not doing it this year. Like three and a half games back in a division that is actually really tight. I I person I mean I don't know if I even really see the Marlins keeping that spot just because they've played substantially less games than other teams. Um, and they're five hundred right now, two games back from the Braves, who are playing some pretty good baseball. But they're three and seven in their last ten. You like you honestly in a season like this, you can't can't have streaks like that unless I mean especially to make the playoffs and you know what's super shocking to me is the Rockies one and nine in their last 10 games the Rockies have been super competitive the last few years seven losses in a row and, and that's that's a long streak it's a long streak in this division over here you have the Dodgers you have the Padres four games back but then the Giants are still four games back from the Padres so like these these standings, it's going to be – you're going to have to pay attention because we're already, like I said, a third of the way done with this season. Like we're getting down to crunch time where it's about time to have the All-Star game like in a normal season. Even if you look at the NL East, the Braves are only four games ahead of the Phillies who are in last it's in close. the NL East. The Phillies could easily come through. That's a, that, and, and the thing about that division, if you look at that last ten games, it's like the Marlins are three and seven, but – Every other one is five and five. They're just a very average division. And yeah, yeah, you have the Phillies who are half a game behind the Nationals, and then you have the Nationals who are half a game behind the Mets, and then the Mets are only a game behind the Marlins. So it's going to be year, year. I mean, if I was in that a, NL East, I, there's no comfortable position, not even number one. But like come, come playoff time, that's the thing with, with these playoffs that makes it so interesting that come playoff time, anybody can win a seven sure. game series yeah and especially in baseball especially that's the thing about baseball. baseball is like it more than basketball it's like baseball not luck i would call it but baseball has a big aspect of like you either have a good day or you have a bad day i mean if you think about even batting averages like no one is even close to a 400 batting average and 500 is even so that means you hit as many times as you're up to bat and you strike out so like it's a really really hard game and and you never know i mean one day i mean the rays could be beat by the best team or the worst team in baseball and vice versa and it's like every day is so so like iffy in baseball you you just never know what's going to happen and the yankees finally have a series coming up tomorrow against the braves um, so it's going to be interesting to see if the Rays win tonight. They they could be potentially a game and a half up from the Yankees, which would be huge. Yeah, and and, and that's the thing with this really shortened season is that every every series matters more than ever. And you you don't necessarily need to sweep every series, but you need to at least if it's a four game series, you need to either tie it two and four, or you need to win the series and. And that's what the Rays have been doing. I don't remember the last time we lost a series. Maybe the second one of the year against the Blue Jays. Like, I, it's it's fun to watch. Really fun to watch. And, you know, the Rays are a really fun team because we normally, honestly, come from behind. Like, I think yesterday we were down four to nothing. And we came back in the fourth, fifth, sixth inning just slugging it, slugging it. Not even, We don't even hit that many home runs. It's more of like really good double plays singles like i don't know i think that it's good baseball fun to watch i think come about 
three weeks from now, when we're halfway done with the season, that's going to be very telling to see where everyone's at. Because three weeks is that's at least twenty one games. That's tw- like yeah, yeah exactly. because that I mean, at least I every every team has only six days off the entire season. In a sixty game, that I mean, you're playing ten yeah. games off, ten games off. Like, yeah, I don't know. I think that I love this sixty game season. I really do. And then I, I don't know if you've seen this too, but in extra innings, they put a guy on second base, which personally, it, it's not baseball. I don't think they should continue it past this year. But for the circumstances and how everything's going, like, I love it. It's so exciting. You automatically have someone in scoring position. No games really go past the tenth inning, to be honest. Maybe the eleventh, but it's it's very interesting to see what coaches and uh, coaches do and put who they put on that second base. Like I think that's super cool. And then the seven inning double headers, it's like you just knock them out, which is smart because let me tell you the the Cardinals are about to have the worst schedule in all of baseball. Probably a double header almost every day like that's gonna be crazy so and that very fun baseball i would have to say this year and that's gonna be interesting to see how they how they go throughout those games i mean they've compared to the every other team they basically played 10 less games than every other team in baseball right now and they are technically second in the in the nl central but I mean, with with so many so many less games, that's going to be very interesting. Especially those seven game double headers, which they're gonna they're gonna have to play a lot of to ca- yeah. catch up. So, who through through a third of of the season, who is your MVP front runner? MVP. I mean, you. It depends, really. You 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 have. Okay, let's look at the. In the American League, or the National League, you obviously you have your normal Bryce Harper always going to be in that. Like, I, I think Nelson Cruz for the Twins is playing incredible on the AL side. To be honest, and this could be a little biased, but Brandon Lau for the Tampa Bay Rays, not many people know him, to be honest, is playing really well right now. Brandon Lau probably could potentially be the best team in or the best player in the AL right now. You have Mookie Betts, who is playing really, really good baseball for the Dodgers. It's going to be close. I think going down to it, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be who, who brings their team to the best record, I think, especially in a shortened season like this. You, know, you, you really don't have time to get into a groove as nearly as much as you normally would, but especially now no yeah no you don't and i don't know like i said i i really really like where the season's headed i I just can't wait for the playoffs are in october like i feel like that's soon (laughs) i don't know i mean we're already almost through august right so give it another month and we're gonna be watching playoff baseball which i can't wait for no and and playoff baseball might be the one of the most fun times of the year even even if you even if you don't follow baseball as much as a lot of people you can't deny that those those series are exciting so exciting and in 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 a shortened season like this the, i mean this there's no there's no asterisk in my in my eyes in this kind of season 
whoever wins the World Series deserves the World it. Series. Deserves yes. it. One hundred percent. I definitely think though that especially when you cut more than a hundred games off of a season and then add things like a a player on second base at, in the tenth inning or seven inning doubleheaders and people probably even at the end of the season, to be honest, the Cardinals probably won't be able to make up ten extra games. And that's just gonna be tough. And that that's the thing is like I I personally agree with you. I think whoever wins the World Series wins it because it's the season. Like, you can't really do anything about it. <coughs> but I think that it's good. But, yeah, no, I, I I think that this season, whoever wins it, wins it. That's just the end of it. But you're going to have a lot of people who are saying it's an asterisk. It's going to be, you know, they weren't real World Series winners. Like, no, that's ridiculous, especially if the Rays win it. I mean, that's just, you know. Espe- <laughs> especially opinion, if the but... Rays win it. <laughs> no, no, and and they do. I mean, like you said, they're, they're second in the power rankings right now behind the – Behind the Dodgers, mm-hmm. and and the Dodgers have just been tearing it up recently, which is which is expected for sure. And I mean, there's the amount of star power on that team is undeniable. Mm-hmm. But no, I mean, a lot a lot of basketball going on today. These, I mean, for the next week, obviously, we're gonna be finishing up the the first round of the playoffs. The mat, the uh, Bucks, and the Magic are playing as we speak. Bucks only have a one point lead with about five minutes left in the second quarter. Thirty nine, thirty. Maybe the magic will tie it up. I guess we'll just have to see. <laughs> that that's gonna be. I mean, that's gonna be a fun series to to watch and see see if the Bucks can see if the Bucks can finish it out, or if the if the Magic can steal another one and make this series a best of three. Yeah, Vuce, Vucevic is you know doing his thing almost. Almost on a on a track for a triple double eight five and four. Wow! At almost with still five minutes left in the in the first half, Giannis is doing his thing ten four and three. Already and Brooke Lopez eight points, Marvin Williams has five, and for the Magic, I mean Gary Markel Clark. Markel Fultz five, Gary Gary Clark let's, six. Let's just let's just say Markel Fultz is. I think he's found himself. a up home in Orlando. I think he has also, yeah. I think I think the seventy sixer situation was not his it's best kind of a bust for him. there, yeah. But I mean he's he's really asserted himself as a good solid point guard for that magic team, which is I mean they're they're consistently in the playoffs as as a lower seed obviously, but I mean if Marco folds he I, I do expect him to Get a nice contract with that Magic team, and yeah, hopefully, sure. hopefully he can regain himself and and have a long time, long term home in Orlando. And I mean, with especially with a player like DJ Augustine and and those those experienced vets, he he can learn a lot from them. But if unless you have anything else to add, Bryce, I think I think that'll do it for this episode. Yeah, that's it. That was a good one. <laughs> no, and a lot of sports. A lot of lot of sports are back. A lot of basketball, which has been has been great this these past few weeks. Let's see if let's see if those Clippers can finish out the Mavs. It's all tied up, or if if the Mavs can complete the upset. But for Bryce Wyatt, I'm Riley Shepard for the Who's Got Next podcast. 
and we will all see you next week.